All right, well, let's go to the Lord, and, and you pray in your own heart as I pray. Lord, uh, we just come this morning adoring you and, and, and thanking you and, and confessing, Lord, how we uh, sin against you in thought, word, and deed every day. And Lord, show us our sin. Break our hearts. Lord, may we have a broken and contrite heart. That's what you desire, O oh Lord. And, and uh, Lord, but we, uh, we thank you that we can bring our supplications to you and that you hear us. Oh, Lord, and uh, uh, we, as we pour out our hearts to you, uh, you're actively involved in our prayers. And uh, we thank you that Jesus ever lives to intercede for us. And, Lord, you're, you're such a great God. And uh, as one of the uh, Andrew Ben said this morning, Lord, you're, you are much bigger than we can ever imagine or think. And, and I, I'm thankful for that. We can, we can have great uh, uh, rest and peace uh, in who you are. Lord, we, we cry out to you this morning for, for Charles and, and for his healing, and uh, not only of his physical healing, but of his, uh, what he's going through uh, mentally. And for Stuart, Lord, we just give you praise uh, for supplying this job. And, and uh, Lord, uh, we pray, Father, for uh, Joy, who is suffering from these migraine headaches and uh, Lord I know what that's about somewhat and who's depressed and just uh, encourage her but heal her Lord heal her of these migraines uh, uh, Lord I've known of many of people who have been healed from that so Lord uh, do that for her we ask and uh, Lord for, for Craig as he's dealing with many different difficult cases just bless him and use him and all that he uh, goes through with that and uh, and for Andrew and for his working with his uh, youth group I thank you for that and for Evan and their relationship uh, and Lord teach Evan uh, to pray uh, Lord we all need that and and Greg has, has uh, even said that this morning and, and I confess Lord uh, my need of of uh, really pouring out my heart and not just having it be words. It's so easy to memorize phrases and, and, and not have it come from the heart. And uh, so, Lord, uh, uh, we pray for work day, uh, that it would be uh, a good time, but, Lord, that much would get done. We continue to lift up those in physical need for, for Wilda and, and Harry and, and Sue and and uh, Lord, we we also lift up Bruce to you. Lord, I just uh, uh, I can't imagine what it would be to uh, to lose a son. And I just pray for him, Lord, that he would not uh, become an alcoholic again. And, and yet he is, but he would not go back to the bottle to find uh, his solution. That he would see it's in you, O oh Lord, and he would find comfort and rest. Enjoy in, uh, in, in you, O oh Lord. And so do that for Bruce and, and uh, just uh, be with them. And uh, Father, we, um, we commit this time to you, O oh Lord, as we look into your word. And Lord, so often I just feel inadequate and, and feel like I, I fail. And, but yet, Lord, I know that you can take your word. Uh, and you, you can take your word and, and pierce 
to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of our thoughts and intents of our hearts. God, do that through your word. And uh, we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We uh, are looking again at uh, uh, Mark. Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. It's not as lengthy a passage. But I want to read that to begin with. Beginning in verse 31 of Mark 7. Again he went out from the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee. Within the region of Decapolis, they brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty. And they implored him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself and put his fingers into his ears. And after spitting, he touched his tongue with the saliva, and looking up to heaven with a deep sigh, he said to him, uh, Aphatha, that is, uh, uh, be opened, Ephratha, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed. And he began speaking plainly, and he gave them orders not to tell anyone But the more he ordered them, the more widely they continued to proclaim it. They were utterly astonished, saying, He has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. And uh, what a wonderful God we have. And uh, I just want to... uh, See this morning his, his tenderness. Uh, our Savior was a very tender-hearted Savior. And uh, he wept with those that weep. And he rejoiced with those that rejoice. And he really entered into the problems of other people. Let me ask you, are you entering into the problems of other people? Or are you so self-focused? That that's all you think about is your problems, me, 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 me. Is that all you talk about? And so uh, we need to have compassion and pity on others, Uh, not just ourselves. It doesn't mean that we're to forsake ourselves, but I don't think any of us have to worry about that, do we? (laughs) We're going to take care of ourselves. Uh, And uh, we see his tender heart. And this is just another aspect of his beauty. Remember, as we're going through, we're seeing the different aspects of Jesus. His love and uh, his compassion and uh, his tenderness today. Uh, It's interesting that this is the only gospel that tells the story. Uh, And uh, why, I don't know. But uh, Of course, we know that Jesus healed many a deaf people and uh, and, uh, those that uh, couldn't speak, and he did great. But this is the one that that speaks of this in uh, in this gospel according to Mark. We see the setting is Decapolis, uh, Decapolis, uh, which was the region of ten cities. This is the same place where the legion of demons was cast into the... uh, to the swine. This is east of the Sea of Galilee. Now, you probably didn't pick this up, 
but it says that they left Tyre and went to Sidon and then came back to the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Well, if you look on a map, that is not a straight shot. Matter of fact, it's a horseshoe. And we can say, well, why did Jesus do that? And the answer is, I have no idea. Because there's so much about Jesus that's not in Scripture. But I do believe that's what happened. But he had probably another reason for, and, and he was always ministering to people. And uh, we see this man's problem beginning here in verse 32. He was deaf and couldn't speak. He was deaf and couldn't speak. Now, a lot of people are born deaf and they can't speak. A lot of people, deafness comes at a young age and they have very difficulty speaking. I'm in favor of that last view. Now, I'm going against the majority of the commentators, but I think this man probably at one time could hear and he lost his hearing and therefore he had difficult speaking. I had a student uh, when I was teaching uh, Audra and, and, and a wonderful Christian girl. Her, her father was a, a preacher, and, uh, but I couldn't hardly understand her. And the only way that she could tell what you were saying unless you knew sign language to watch your lips because she was totally deaf. And she spoke so oddly that people made fun of her. And it was sad. It was as sad as a teacher to see people, other students, mock her. And I, I said, uh, Audrey, you want me to do something about that? I can, he says, doesn't bother, any, doesn't bother me anymore. I've gotten used to it. And uh, a wonderful Christian girl. Uh, so this man had a real problem. And I understand that uh, a deaf, a silent world is a lonely world. Think about it. Matter of fact, people, you ask what, uh, uh, which one of the uh, five senses, thank you, the five senses that hearing has been listed as number one, the worst one to lose, even over sight. Now, I would think sight, but uh, uh, hearing, of course, we can listen to music and, 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 there's, and, and there's a lot for that. Um, we have here a picture of how we are spiritually born, I think. We can see this as a physical story about deafness and healing. and it's all, We can make it all physical, but I don't want to do that. I want to I go beyond just the physical aspect. We see here a picture, I think, of how we are spiritually born. We're born deaf. We're born blind. Uh, we're born mute. We can't speak. And that is as a believer. We're not born as a believer. We're born as, as uh, natural men. The scripture is full of that. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Now you say, why does that, why did you put that in there? Well, because he gets all the glory. See, you wouldn't be in Christ if he didn't open your heart. If he did not woo you by his spirit. It's by his doing. And it's very important that we understand that. That the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God. 
1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 14. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, Paul says, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to, to us, God revealed them to us now, that is, believers, all right, real born-again believers, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak. See, here's, in other words, when you've learned this, when the spirit of God has worked in you, we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom. Why? Because by human wisdom you don't understand this, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man, that is a lost man, someone who does not have the Spirit, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he can't understand them because they are spiritually uh, appraised. Or discerned, as I, I like better. Uh, uh, going on, uh, hearing, they don't hear. Ephesians 2.5, even when we were dead in our transgressions, that is our sins, made us who? If you read above this in Ephesians, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And of course, that's that wonderful passage. Also, uh, a woman named Lydia in Acts 16 from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. In other words, she had ears. Everybody's got ears uh, unless they've been cut off. Physical ears, she was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. She heard. Not just noise, not just words, that. She really comprehended. The Holy Spirit opened her heart to who Jesus was. And she trusted him. And so this is what I'm talking about. Also in Matthew 13, this is a lot of verses on this, but I want to drive this point home. It's so important that we understand this. And his disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. 
their ears, uh, with their ears, they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and return. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And so there's more behind this than meets the eye. This just a physical healing. Uh, all through scripture, God teaches that it is God who does it. And we see here, brothers and sisters, that it is God who opens this man's hearing physically. But it's also God who opens our understanding to who he is. And we never can forget that. It's that important. Because if not, he does not get all the glory. Not only that, he could not speak. He was dumb. What does that mean? I think uh, he had no testimony spiritually. Uh, The natural man does not have uh, a testimony. A real Christian has a testimony. For one thing, of how God has saved them, how God is working in them. They say, I was blind, but now I see. Uh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Let me ask you. We sang that this morning, and I didn't plan this. I had it in my notes, but I didn't know we were singing it. Is it a sweet sound to you? I want you to really just let that sink. Is it a sweet sound, amazing grace? It ought to be. It ought to thrill your heart every time you, you hear it. Because it is amazing that God would love us and die for us. And so uh, I, I hope that's true in your life. You know, it's amazing how the unsaved, the natural man, can speak hours about football, the stock market, uh, st- uh, uh, statistics, uh, anything but on spiritual matters, on spiritual matters, <clears throat> they have an inability to speak. You want to know if somebody's saved or not? Like your friends, just start talking about Jesus and see how they react. If they're not a Christian, what are they going to do? Change the subject. Go to something else. Uh, I don't talk about that. That's private. That's between me and God or whatever. But they turn you off. There's no real interest. Let me ask you this. Do you talk about spiritual things? It's easy to come to church and, and again, we haven't seen each other and how's your week been going and da-da-da. That's great. And I'm all for it and do it. But ask one another, what is God doing in your life this past week? Woo, that's a biggie. Isn't it? Because what, uh, well, let me go, and uh, let me, uh, uh, it's like asking somebody, have you repented of anything lately? Whoa, that's a dangerous question. To, uh, but that's what, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, ask yourself that. This man was also a man that had real friends. Aren't you thankful for real friends? Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. But a friend loves at all times. He had friends, even though he had this disability, he had friends. That's amazing. These were great friends. They were great friends. Why? They knew who to take him to. 
Jesus. Now that's a friend. They come in verse 32 and it says they beg Jesus. A real friend is one who points his friend to Christ. They had a great zeal, but it's interesting also here that uh, they had a misunderstanding too. And that is when they say Jesus had to lay his hand on him. Did you pick that up? Why would they say that? Well, they probably heard of people who had been healed where hands, Jesus laid their hand on him, and they were probably ignorant of the fact that Jesus did not need to lay his hand on this man. And uh, uh, he could save him uh, through any means he wanted to, even if he was far away. And we've seen that in Scripture. Go home, your child, your child, the demon is gone. Didn't need to touch it, the child, just the demon is gone. And so it's interesting. People come to Christ in different ways too. People come by reading the Scriptures, uh, by uh, somebody personally leading them to Christ, others by sermons, tracts. Uh, there are many ways, and uh, just as there were many ways to uh, be healed, the important thing, though, is that Jesus does it. Healing comes from Jesus. Spiritual, physical, it all comes from God. And uh, we have to be careful that when you pray, you don't tell God, this is how you do it. And I've been guilty of that. This is how you do it, God. And dictate to him, no. Uh, God's way is the best way. When you ask for God to work in somebody's heart, uh, that's a dangerous prayer, too, because that may mean that they're going to have to go through some tragedy to come to know Christ. I had to go through a lot of hard knocks before I trusted. But people were praying for me. Also, we shouldn't pray, uh, we shouldn't judge other people's experience by our own experience. I've had people say, you don't know the exact day, you don't know the exact time, the exact moment you trusted Christ. Well, no, I, it's just I've kind of grown up in the Christian faith and I love you. Well, you're not saved. If you can't point... Look, I've got mine written right here in my Bible on a such and such a date. Also, writing that in your Bible saves you? Is that what you're saying? It's not what saves you. It's, do you have Jesus today? Are you trusting Him right now? Are you calling upon Are you growing in the grace and knowledge? It's not that you walked an aisle or said three prayers and, and God can't lie and He's... No, it's, you've been... You've been moved upon by the power of the Holy Spirit and God is now alive in you. We're talking about something real here. This man was really healed. And you can really be set free from your sin. Whatever your sin may be, He'll set you free if you want to be set free. And if you don't want to be set free, pray that He'll make you want to be set free because He'll do it. Remember, Lydia's heart was quietly opened. The Philippian jailer, on the other hand, what did it take for the Philippian jailer to come to his senses? An earthquake. You know, some people, it took an earthquake for me. I mean, I had to be almost killed in automobile accidents, and I went through a whole bunch of stuff before God got my attention. And, uh, but he kept after me. Also, we 
should never make our traditions uh, uh, God's only way. We all have preferences. We have to be careful, though, of putting God in a box. We all have preferences. And no church is going to encompass every one of your preferences, whether it's chairs or pews or, or uh, hymns, uh, spiritual songs, uh, you know, traditional, non-traditional. We all have preferences. But I've even had people say, you sing what kind of songs in your church? Uh, well, actually, you know, they're, they're these new, uh, what's the name of them? Uh, contemporary. Thank you. Contemporary. You sing contemporary music? Yeah. You can't be a Christian. I mean, you'll be surprised how people have their preferences, and if you don't go along with what they want or do, then you're not a Christian. And I see that all the time. Sadly, you don't hold this. Jesus is coming before or after or during the tribulation. If you're not pre-trib, you can't be a Christian. You can't join our church unless you'll sign on the dotted line. So we, ha we all have our preferences, but if it's not, if it's not a, a dogma, if it's not the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, salvation by grace alone through faith alone, we can, we can differ uh, when it comes to these, to these matters. And uh, I, hope, I hope God is doing that in you. Uh, musical instruments is another. Read Psalm 150 if you think the only instrument that should be played in the church is an organ or a piano. What about a guitar? Well, read Psalm 150 and see what it says about instruments. Loud clapping cymbals, flutes. In other words, practically anything that makes noise, even me. <laughs> I had to get that in there, but uh, so it's we don't. None of us is no. It's not my way or the highway. So we must consider one another. And that's how, why I had Philippians 2 read. Um, we should not divide on traditions either. Well, I'm going to leave the church because uh, I can't have my way. I've had people tell me that. You don't hold to this. I'm sorry, we're out of here. That's sad. I'm going to take my marbles and go home. David said earlier, and he said, you know, work day, we've got to be a team. And I think that's true. We've got to work together. We've got to put away our petty differences. Now, it's not that we don't discuss them, you know, and, and study the scriptures and agree to disagree. But when they become something of pride, where I am better than you because I hold to a certain position, then that's a problem, I see. There's a story about two men that went to a church meeting, and Jesus had opened both of these men's eyes, and they were very proud of it. One of them said, 
to the other one said, yeah, Jesus uh, opened my eyes. Uh, he took mud. He anointed my eyes with mud. And when I washed it off, I could see. Well, Jesus just spoke and my eyes were open. Are you sure it was mud? Yeah, I'm absolutely positive. Matter of fact, if you haven't had mud applied to your eyes, you really don't, you haven't been healed. And so they formed two churches. The first church was called Christ Church of the Mudites. The other church was the Church of Christ, the Anti-Mudites. Now you see how ridiculous that is, and it is ridiculous, but we, brethren, can divide over things that are even more stupid than that. Because I've seen it. I've, I've had people tell me things, and I'm going, well, peace, brother. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, we're not going to just sing hymns. We're not going to sing just praise songs. We're going to have a combination because this is the congregation that's made up of... I mean, do you realize that some people, if they came into the, this church to worship, they would say we were dead because we're not up in the air waving our hands, jumping around and, and dancing in the aisles. and They couldn't go here. They'd be uncomfortable. And we would be maybe... In, in one of their services, you see. But why can't we all meet together in some, if you're comfortable doing it, it's okay. And if you're not, it's okay. Whether you do it or don't do it, it's okay. All these petty differences. And so these men said, oh, Jesus has got to lay a hand on him. You know, he's not, if, if he doesn't lay a hand on him, well, Jesus didn't do that. We see here how tenderly Jesus dealt with this man. Tenderness is not weaknesses. Husbands, I want you to remember that when it comes to your wives. You're to be tender, compassionate, uh, as Jesus was. There's nothing strong and virile about being macho. And being in charge, having it your way, being right. Jesus was not that way. In verse 33, it says that Jesus dealt with him privately. Why did Jesus take him away from the crowd? There could be many answers here, but I think really to make him feel at ease when he was dealing with him. To make him. You have to remember this man had a real handicap. And uh, Jesus wanted him to feel at ease as he dealt with him. He probably was one who could be easily embarrassed, maybe. As some, uh, sometimes that happens in life. Uh, and of course, we're all, we're all handicapped, aren't we? Maybe you're not. Maybe <laughs> I know I'm handicapped. You know, I got a trick knee. My left knee is, is liable to jump out of place at any time and, and has since my... But I remember with my trick knee, 
uh, in high school. It was the ninth grade. I dislocated in the eighth grade. I had a full body cast. I was walking on crutches. And, of course, people called me four legs. And I mean, it, you know, and that was okay. But what really got me was in PE class, I was on crutches and wasn't dressed out. And the head coach for the football team comes out there, and he sees me standing there uh, in line with everybody else but not dressed out. And he comes up and kicks me in the seat of the pants, just about knocks me down, and say, what is your excuse? Uh, you, uh, uh, you're just trying to get out of exercising and so forth. Is there probably nothing wrong with you at all? And went on and on. And, and uh, my football coach, uh, Coach Kausa was, uh, was there, and he walks over to this head football coach, and he kind of puts him aside. He said, uh, no, this guy has a really excuse, and his father is a, a medical doctor, and, and he told him the story. Not only that, his father's on the school board. <laughs> Boy, I've never had a coach come and apologize to me or anybody else. In the, but he did. He came and apologized to me. Uh, when he heard, uh, you know, but it was very embarrassing to me to be treated like that. I was handicapped. I mean, I wanted to take, I wasn't a Christian, and I wanted to take that crutch and let him have it. And later on, I told my dad what had happened. He said, it's a good thing I didn't know that. And so I never told. I was too afraid. Uh we should make fun, though, of that verse in Philippians. And David read this passage, but do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And I hope you're, you're doing that. Jesus puts his fingers in this man's ear and he spits on his finger and he touches the tongue of this man. Why did he do this? I think because this man couldn't hear. And, and, and uh, he was using sign language, Jesus was, to show him what he was about to do, that he was going to open his hearing and touch his tongue. It's not when we pray, somebody, pray for somebody that you've got to stick your fingers in their ear. We can pray for somebody and have them 10,000 miles away and God heal them. And so, uh, no, I think Jesus was just uh, uh, dealing with this man on a personal level. Next thing he does, he says he looks up into heaven in verse 34. And again, why does he do this? I think he was uh, telling this man where this power was going to come from. He was looking to God the Father, Jesus was. And uh, he was saying, you know, God must do this. It's coming from God. And then it says he deeply sighs. That is Jesus. He groans. And again, this shows a compassion and love. He was deeply moved, I believe. Jesus was a man who was acquainted with our griefs and he carried our sorrows. This is quoted in Matthew 8. 17 from Isaiah 53. This was to fill, fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. That's our Lord. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. 
Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And brethren, you can come to Jesus and you'll find grace and mercy uh, with him. We need to have the same compassion that Jesus had. Esteeming others better than ourselves. Realizing that we too are handicapped. We've got our own problems. Verse, it says, he says in verse 34, be opened. That is, be opened completely is what it means in Greek. I think this is uh, spiritual, spiritually teaching. This is where uh, the natural man's uh, can, can speak and he can understand spiritual things. Uh, we become born again because brethren, without the Holy Spirit, first, not second, but first, you would never understand anything, even to call upon Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to him, uh, Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's seeing with, with spiritual eyes. That's not entering into heaven. He deals with that a couple verses below. You cannot see until you're born again. You don't see and then you're born again. No, you're born again and then you see. Be careful. Again, God gets all the glory for that. No, he's put a new song in our mouth. Even praise unto our God, as Psalm 40 says. And then he says in verse 36, and I'm almost done, not to tell anyone. (laughs) Someone said, if you want um, something spread, tell somebody not to tell anyone. And I think that. Of course, they were out to kill him. His enemies were, and he wanted this to be hush-hush because of that. I'm skipping uh, this other part because it's quite lengthy and we're almost out of time. But we need to see... That God makes everything beautiful. Jesus made everything well or beautiful. Um, Think about something that Jesus did that wasn't for a purpose and wasn't for good. And in your own life, all the things that you're going through, all your scars, all your tribulations, you have to believe, like the song says, all the way, my Savior leads me. All the way, my Savior leads me. I think one day when we get to heaven, we're going to understand how deaf and how blind we were. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13, 12? For we see... For now we see in a mirror dimly, but when face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I also have been fully known. 
wow, one day it's going to be just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we'll know just as we're fully known. So even right now, we see as through a glass darkly. Even though we've been regenerated, even though we have the Holy Spirit, even though Christ is in us, we still struggle. Last verse, and I'll be done. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Christ was this way. He was tender-hearted towards this handicapped man who could not help himself. He was helpless. He could not heal himself. He could not speak. Forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Let's pray. Father, we confess how hard it is to be tender-hearted, not to have it my way or the highway, not to have compassion and pity on those who know not Christ. But Lord, instead we, we bicker over things that don't really matter while this whole world is going to hell. Lord, forgive us. Lord, we feel so good because we can win arguments about a particular doctrine and yet at the same time see men and women and children going to hell. Lord, awaken our hearts. Show us uh, what is priority in our life. Lord, that we might be soul winners, that we might point men, women, and children to Christ. Lord, we need you. I need you, Lord. We're weak and frail. We're prone to wander. But I thank you that Jesus is the healer, not only of our bodies, but of our souls. Help us to point men and women and children to Jesus. In his name, amen.